The following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone out there, all of our listeners. Welcome back to Murder Amongst Friends. And uh, welcome to our new country, Spain. Spain. Actually, we've got... Can I just address people in the UK, please, for a second? We have listeners in Scotland. Yes. We have listeners in England. Of course. We have listeners in Wales. Sure do. Where are my Irish peeps at? (laughs) Why can I not score one listener in Ireland? I can't explain it. Listen, I'm a scotch Irish. Tiny little bit. I mean, my name is Joanne Heather. Is that not... I mean... Come on, man. Give me a break. Pretty Irish. Well, break me off a piece of that <laughs> Irish bar. <laughs> Come on, man. Where is everybody? Tell your friends, guys. <laughs> All I want is one listener in Ireland. I'll be so ecstatic. She really will be. I really will. She checks the stats every day, just really in the hopes do. that Ireland pops up. It's just because I have low self-esteem. That's all. That's it. It's, it's where I'm at. We'll try to do something about that. So everybody. <laughs> so everybody, please. Everybody me. that you know who knows anybody in Ireland. In Italy, too. We've yeah. got like France, Spain. Yep. Germany. Do you have Germany? We do have Germany, yes. And just know Italy. Yep. Italia, my people. Where are you? India, Australia. So many places. Yep. And yet, <laughs> I'm still unfulfilled. <laughs> I can't wait to see what country she fixates on once we do get an Irish. Hey, we're going to, then if we get Ireland, then it's going to be Italy. Okay. And then from there, I don't know. Sky's the limit. And I'm just going to fixate on. Only 190 more to choose (laughs) from. (laughs) Yeah. Any updates that we should begin our week with? Uh, So many updates. So many updates. Mike, um, as we all know, we did uh, discuss. And I, I might have went on a 10-minute tirade about the Murdaugh family yep. in South Carolina. This is a few episodes ago. You can go back and listen. piece of shit, mm-hmm. Alex Murdaugh. Well, Michael, uh, they found significant amounts of blood spatter spritz mm. on his clothing. High velocity, you say. High velocity blood spatter, which means, like I said from the beginning, either he shot them or he was there when they were shot. Probably both. Probably both. If you remember, there were, there were two, two guns. Weapons. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking he, maybe, hey, maybe it was his drug accomplice that was supposed to then shoot him in the head. I would agree, except he's not evidently the best shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but if you brought somebody and they shot him, they were shot at within three feet, though. Right. So I'm thinking maybe it was those two guys. He got them out there. Somehow, and then they shot them both. Imagine being so fucked up on drugs that you literally murder your wife and one of your sons in cold blood. I mean, if if you are listening to this and you're still kind of unfamiliar with the entirety of the story, not just this particular murder mm. uh, or murders, rather uh, the boat accident, the drug, all of it, it's insane it's an insane story yeah it's it doesn't fit our format because uh joanne actually knows more about it than i do so uh this is one that will continue to suggest to you that you look into and watch the news for but it is wild it's wild it's wild and then of course uh there was the very sad story of the 10 year old yes Ileana, who 
went to her auntie's house, I guess, to hang out. Mm-hmm. And it was only a few minutes away from her house. She was walking yep. home and disappeared. And um, then come to find out, it was like her cousin who was, who was 14. 14. So I'm guessing it's the aunt's son, like the house that... I mean, they haven't really said. I mean, he's a minor. He's a minor, so they're really withholding My thought is she went over to the aunts to play. The older cousin said, oh, I'll walk you home or something. Mm -hmm. They cut through the woods. He then apparently beat her with a stick in the stomach, strangled her, and then sexually assaulted her. And uh, apparently his family isn't, let's say they're just not a high caliber uh, of people, I guess. They're... Drug addicts, pedophiles, pederast, rapist type people Great. in and out of jail. So the kid didn't grow up with like the best home life. But um, yeah. yeah, so that's a, very, that's a very real sad. sad one. Yeah. We'll and, keep an eye on that too because as she said, the perpetrator being a minor, there's not a lot of information that's even able to be released about it yet. So we'll see if he gets charged as an adult. That may change things. Yeah. Um, I mean, 14, that's right on the cusp of when they would do it. The brutality probably would be a determining factor to charge him as an adult or a minor. Right. And extenuating family history, too. Like, Yeah. Yeah. But we'll we'll keep an eye on it and see uh, any updates that we can provide. Any um, little tidbits or little stories you want to give? Well, Before we jump into the main story this week, Michael, we did come across a headline that gave me some pause. Oh, yes, uh, Jared Leto being interviewed, creep, presumably oh, for Morbius, um, but he gave some sort of interview and said that he was eager to portray a pedophile in a role. Yeah, but. That he, he then had been followed preparing. It up with he'd been practicing or pre- preparing. He'd been preparing for a role like that, which... Which, how do you prepare to be a fucking pedophile, Michael? Oh, I know. Maybe he's had plenty of practice at this quote, air quotes. This is how you use air quotes, Mike. Ah, yes. Revival, mm-hmm. where he literally dresses like Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just call it Rape Island, but... <laughs> Plenty there, of like young. There was that sketch on SNL a couple women. weeks ago, where the characters or the actors were playing different people, and different. you had to like guess who they were. Yeah, and I forget who who the actor was, but they came out and they said they were Jesus. But right. you and were I like, said, "Oh Jared crap!" Leto. I was gonna guess Jared Leto, and then he went, "Just kidding, I'm Jared Leto," <laughs> and I fucking lost it. Yeah, because he thinks he's Jesus, so yeah. a Jesus who rapes children. That's great. Yeah, I don't know Perfect. what he what he meant by that. I don't uh, want to know what yeah, he meant. It's, he's been a creep for a very long time, and I think he's one of these people that just hides in plain sight. Yeah, it's it, I got a Hefner-esque Oh, give it like vibe. 10 years, and yeah. there'll be some docu-series on how he was like yeah. messing with like young girls or whatever. But, and then he's got like some weird culty. It's it's like a it's like cult island. Yeah. Everybody's in these white flowy yeah. robes with like bare feet and like fucking flower uh crowns, yeah. Crowns and crap and he's literally walking around like Jesus and the disciples and it's real creepy. Yeah. So that's we're starting to have to confront the fact that we as a society have not 
pay the best attention when people admit to what they've been no, doing. No, they pay attention. Jimmy Savile. Nobody cares because it just makes people money and no one gives right. a shit. You're not going to tell me. Take one gander <laughs> at Jimmy Savile's face yeah. over the last 80 years or however the hell old he was when he finally croaked. And you can tell that he's a creepo. Don't tell me he, people didn't know for 60 years what he was doing. Yeah, he, Some people you just know, Mike. He admitted it repeatedly on his own show he in goes, interviews. He was sticking his fingers up a lady's skirt, private yeah. areas on TV. Yeah. And no one did anything about it. And she clearly was, was uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. uncomfortable, jolted, and was trying to get away from him. Yeah. And he was just forcefully holding her there. This makes me so mad. I just want to like spit. Yeah, so... So Savile, don't tell me we didn't pay attention. Yeah. We knew. Just nobody gave a shit because he was raking in bucks. Savile, Hugh Hefner, all of them. And that is actually a good segue into the story this week. Okay. This is the story of the murder of Sylvia Likens. The story of Sylvia Likens is brutal. Like, extra brutal. Oh, God. Like, Gabriel Hernandez brutal. Oh, no. Um, and full of missed opportunities. People who could have intervened... A lot sooner. Yeah. We need to be cognizant of how we move through life and how we might be in a position to save a life, even if we only pay the tiniest bit of attention. Yeah. Sylvia Likens was born in 1949 and was the third of five children. She was actually born between two sets of fraternal twins. Oh, wow. Jackpot there. Yeah. She grew up near Indianapolis, Indiana. Her parents, Betty and Lester Likens, had a rough go of it. Lester. Betty and Lester. Betty and Lester Likens. Old-timey names. Lester only achieved an eighth grade education and had a hard time finding a steady job. One of the most consistent means of employment for Lester, and for that matter, Betty also, was traveling with a carnival selling concessions. Oh boy. In the summer of. Not the carnies. (laughs) Not the carnies, Mike. It's the only other thing besides Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And then, like, crazy backwoods people. Yeah. Like the Hills Have Eyes type people. Yeah. And then this. Carnival people. The carnival plays uh, 0% into what happened to Sylvia. This is just... Well, it doesn't pay 0. It pays like 5%. Yeah. In the summer of 1965, Sylvia was 16, and her parents decided to go on the road with the carnival. Yeah. They couldn't drag five kids around with them, so they needed to figure out what to do. The older sister, who was 18 at the time, was married, so they didn't have to worry about her. Her older... And younger brothers, so the older was 18, twins with the one who was married, and younger was 15 at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, were both sent to live with their grandparents. Sylvia and her younger sister, Jenny, who was also 15, twins with the younger brother, still needed a place to go. Jenny actually had polio when she was younger and as a result walked with a limp and had a leg brace. Poor baby. A mutual friend suggested to the Likens the name Gertrude Banaszewski, at the time going by Gertrude Wright, the last name of the father of her youngest child. Gertrude had seven children of her own. Oh, so what's one more or two more? Lived in a large rented house and was willing to look after the two Likens girls for $20 a week. Okay. To give you an idea of how Sylvia and Jenny would fit in, who were 16 and 15 at the time, the ages of Gertrude's kids were Paula, was 17, Stephanie was 15, John 12, Marie 11, 
Shirley 10, James 8, and Dennis Lee Wright Jr., who was 18 months. So mostly very young children. Very young children, but they fit in kind of perfectly with the, right. with the top end there. Gertrude was alone in the house, claiming that Dennis's father was in Germany serving in the army. And this wouldn't have been during World War II because it was the 60s. So right. this would have been on a base. Right from the get-go, Paula, Gertrude's oldest daughter, and Sylvia did not get along, which started to build resentment within Gertrude. What really sent her over the edge was the day Gertrude went to the mailbox expecting the $20 mail order from the Lycans, only for it to not be there. Jenny later testified Gertrude, quote, took us upstairs and slapped me and said, well, I took care of you two bitches for a week for nothing. Okay, so... She's slapping the, the child with polio. Yes. Who has a leg brace. Yes, the so disabled 15-year-old. Already disabled, yeah. and she's smacking her about like and she co- owes her money. And calling her She bitch. doesn't owe her money. Right. The parents owe her money. Uh, insult to injury. The money order arrived the next day. Come on. Come on. Of course, of course, there was no apology or realization that it was an overreaction. Well, what are you going to say? It was, Sorry I slapped the shit out yeah. of you? Your parents finally sent the money? Sorry about that. My bad. It was only the beginning. One day in late August, Sylvia and Jenny were beaten approximately 15 times on the back with a paddle. After Paula had accused them of eating too much food at a church supper they had all attended. Okay, first of all, stop. You're at a church supper. Yeah. You didn't buy the food. Right. You didn't pay for the food. Right. You didn't cook the food. Right. You didn't serve the food. Correct. You're just there to eat the food. Yes. What do you care what somebody else eats, you nosy bitch? Gluttony is a sin. Mind your business. Yeah, it was anything that Paula could do to just get her mom to hate Sylvia specifically. Why? Jealousy, maybe? Uh, like, was, well, was Sylvia there was. pretty? Yes. And that's why? Yes. In addition to the pat, we'll get into that. Um, in addition to the paddle, sometimes a thick leather belt would be used for beatings. A belt left behind by Gertrude's ex-husband, an Indianapolis police officer. Oh, he didn't have to take it to the base? This, So the, the army guy is different. She never married him. Her ex-husband uh, was, with the last name Beneshevsky, okay. was an Indianapolis police officer. We'll get into kind of all of the relationships that Gertrude had a little later. As time went on, Gertrude's punishments started to focus exclusively on Sylvia. She let Jenny, who had the polio... Does she beat it on her own kids? Nope. No. Jenny still experienced it, but Sylvia took the brunt. Right. The reasoning seemed to be jealousy of Sylvia's looks and her potential. Mm Mm-hmm. Gertrude was only 36, but was described as a, quote, haggard, underweight, asthmatic chain smoker. I say she sounds like a hag. Haggard, underweight, asthmatic chain smoker suffering from depression due to the stress of three failed marriages, a failed relationship, and a recent miscarriage. So she's Miss Hannigan. Two of the three marriages were to the Indianapolis cop. She married him twice. Gertrude married him, got divorced, married someone else, whom she divorced after only three months, married the cop again, having the other, uh, having more kids. Right. Divorcing again, then having her final child with... Dennis Wright, who had abandoned her shortly thereafter. That's a that's a lot of marriages for a thirty six year old. Yeah. That's a lifetime of yeah bullshit in thirty six very young years. Yeah, Dennis Wright just abandoned her. He wasn't in Germany. He wasn't in the army. He just didn't. He just, just shit. dipped out. Oh, good. And that was just a story that she told to people. 
Well, who really knows? Because this lady sounds like a disgrazia. Uh, you have no idea. Mentirosa. When the abuse of Sylvia started to ramp up, she was subjected to beatings and starvation, forced to eat leftovers or spoiled food out of the garbage cans. Come on, dude. I was like, oh, leftovers. I love leftovers. Wait. <laughs> Wait. You didn't yeah. finish the sentence. Once, she was accused of stealing candy that she had actually paid for and was punished with beatings. Yo, I would have shoved my receipt so far down that lady's throat. Also, you said she's how old? 16. She can't really run away because then she leaves her sister there. Right. Because I'd be like, all right, then dip. Just dip. Tell a teacher, tell someone, and be like, I'm out of here. I'm not dealing with this. Well. But her sister. Right. Yeah. On another occasion, later in August, she was subjected to humiliation when she claimed to have a boyfriend in Long Beach, whom she had met in the spring of 1965 when her family lived in California. After learning this, Gertrude asked if she had, quote, ever done anything with a boy. How about, mind your business, you freak. Sylvia didn't know exactly what was being asked of her, so she answered, quote, I guess so, and explained that she had gone skating with boys there and had once gone to a park on the beach with them. So very innocent childhood stuff. Continuing the conversation with Stephanie and her sister Jenny, Sylvia told them that she had once laid under the covers with her boyfriend. Just laid under the covers. Yeah. That was it. Gertrude didn't like hearing that and asked, quote, why do you do that, Sylvia? Sylvia shrugged and said, I don't know. Because I was cold? Yeah. Why, Why do you care? You're not my mother, though. Also, you're not my mother. So what do you care? Gertrude just couldn't let it go. And several days later, she brought it up again, telling her, quote, You're certainly getting big in the stomach, Sylvia. It looks like you're going to have a baby. You've been married like quadruple times, lady. Why don't you mind your business and focus on your own fucked up life? Sylvia, in her innocence, thought Gertrude was kidding and said, quote, Yeah, it sure is getting big. I'm just going to have to go on a diet. Okay. That's fine. Okay. She and, just and, and now we're body shaming this yeah. girl too. Well, we're trying to imply that she's had sex and is pregnant, but yeah. she doesn't realize that. Right. She's so innocent. Right. You're just now you're just body shaming the girl? Yeah. Cool. Cool, right. cool, 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 cool. And these parents that just dicked off mm-hmm. and just left their kids all scattered to the wind, Mike. Who are these people? You're gonna be asking that a lot. Oh, great. However, Gertrude then told her and the other girls in the house. That whenever they, quote, did something with a boy, they would definitely have a baby. She then kicked Sylvia in the genitals. Oh, the mother did this. The mother did. Gertrude did. This asthmatic chain smoker. Yeah. Just hauled weakened off. Weakened hag. Yeah. Got off her lazy boy. Yeah. And just kicked her. She gave her a twat shot. Sure did. <laughs> she gave her a cunt punt? Yep. The fuck, man? Paula... The 17-year-old oldest daughter. Yeah. Herself, three months pregnant. Come on! (laughs) Michael, I swear! And also jealous of Sylvia's appearance. Then participated in attacking Sylvia, knocking her off of her chair and onto the kitchen floor, shouting, quote, You ain't fit to sit in a chair. What does that even mean? What does that mean? You're the one who's pregnant, ma'am. What do you care about? Why don't you and your mom... Get out of my business mm-hmm. and focus on what's going on in your room. Yeah. How about that? Right. Because you seem to laid under the covers, miss. Yeah. Did a little more. All I did was put a blanket on because I was chilly. Right. I don't know what happened with you, but I, I somehow didn't get pregnant. Weird how that happens. On another occasion, as the family ate supper, 
Gertrude, Paula, and a neighborhood boy. They ate what? Dinner. They ate what? You hate that word. I hate the word supper. You used it of your own free will. I know. Oh my God. I'm trying to. This is a turning point in, in our relationship because I can't believe you just said that. So I have a huge pet peeve about the word supper. Mm-hmm. I don't like the word. I also have a pet peeve about repetition. So if I say dinner in one place, I can't repeat it within a certain distance <laughs> of itself. Evening meal. Yeah. They gather at the table for their nighttime sustenance. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you said supper. <laughs> where are you from, Derry? Where where have you come from? Where have you come from? This is why I hate the word supper. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> know. Because it leads to this. Gertrude, Paula, and a neighborhood boy named Randy Gordon Lepper force-fed Sylvia. Already don't like him based on the name alone. Yeah. Force-fed Sylvia a hot dog overloaded with condiments, including mustard, ketchup, and spices. Uh, Sylvia vomited as a result and was later forced to eat what she had thrown up. Well, hold on. Force-fed her. Like, hold wait, her wait, down wait, wait, and wait. Make He's her just eat. a neighborhood. Yep. Just a friend Jabron. of the family. Yep. Came over mm-hmm. just to say, hey, we're having burgers and dogs. Why don't you come by? Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. I, I love a cookout. Yep. Comes in the house, mm-hmm. grabs a hot dog, loads it up. Yep. As if he's at like Oneyville Wiener. He's like, give me the works. Yep. Right? Yep. And then. Yeah. Literally makes her gag on a gagger. With Gertrude and Paula. They're just standing there. All three of them. Or they're are. holding her. Yeah. Or All what's... three of them are forcing her to eat this. Shoving it down her throat. Shoving it down her throat and, like, the overload of spices what, she couldn't what, handle. What causes people... How... If I ever walked into someone's house and they were, like, mistreating someone like that, my first thought isn't, let me get something and shove it down this kid's throat. This is the point of telling this story. Because, this is outrageous. Because Randy may be the first in this timeline. He is certainly not the last. This is outrageous. The only thing Sylvia could think to do was... And then they made her eat the puke. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. The only thing Sylvia could think to do in retaliation was to start a rumor at her high school that Stephanie and Paula were sex workers because every other person in that house was repeatedly calling Sylvia one. Okay, so she just flipped the the script on them, basically. How about call the... Police, how about tell another adult outside the house? How about tell a teacher? How about put a bar of soap in a sock and beat the fucking daylights out of these people while they're in their beds? Saran wrap them to the bed and then beat the brakes off them. They're all great great ideas. Come on. Well, at school, Stephanie was jokingly propositioned by a boy who told her that Sylvia had started the rumor. Oh, no. Upon returning home that day, Stephanie questioned her about it, and she admitted to starting it. Stephanie punched her, but Sylvia apologized again in tears. Well, she can't punch her back. She's pregnant. No, no, no. Sylvia. Sylvia's not pregnant. Stephanie's not pregnant either. It's Paula, the older one. Oh, Paula's pregnant. Okay. There's a lot of kids Stephanie's the 15. Yeah. Stephanie's the 15-year-old. Okay. Paula's preggy. Yes. So Sylvia apologized and started crying, and then Stephanie, kind of accepting the apology, also started to cry. However... Okay, so they may, they're making bridges, yeah. they're mending bridges here. However... Oh, <laughs> well... When Stephanie's boyfriend, 15-year-old Coy Randolph Hubbard, 
heard of the rumor. Also hate him. Well, you're going to hate him a lot more. Great. Heard about the rumor. He brutally attacked Sylvia, slapping her, banging her head against the wall, and flipping her backwards onto the floor. No, no. First of all, we already worked it out. We already worked it out. We, you are unnecessary to this timeline, sir. Wow. We don't need your intervention right now. We've worked through it. He asserted his white male named Coy dominance cool. and beat up a defenseless cool. girl. Cool. When Gertrude found out, she used a paddle on Sylvia. Oh, paddle this, you... F- yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Coy would spend more and more time at the house torturing Sylvia more and more. Why? What is this mentality? What is this mentality? All these people, I could see you get one sicko who, a sadomasochist or whatever, likes to cause pain and like, or just a mean streak, what have you. Mm -hmm. This is a group of people. Mm -hmm. These people don't even live in this house. I'm flailing my arms around, but I'm being very careful (laughs) not to smash the microphone, okay? They don't even live in the environment. Nope. I could see like you're a product of your environment, okay? Yep. You're going to tell me mm-hmm. that every kid in every household in this neighborhood lives in some fucked up reality where they all just think this is fine? Yes, that no, is No, 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 Michael. I'm going to keep reading and you will have your question answered. I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah. The other kids joined in and Gertrude would encourage all of it. As rumors spread about what was being done to Sylvia, no one stepped in to stop it. More kids showed up at the house to no! have their turn. No! Some... No! 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 Yeah. This is not Sideshow Bob. What yeah. is this? Some would practice their judo moves on her and just <laughs> fling her around. <laughs> Did you make that up? Nope. Judo, judo moves? Yeah. They used her as like a, a Judo test moves. Yeah. They came in, they were like, get yeah. ready because I'm about to hip flip you. Yep. Come on. That is a, a fact about what happened. This is yeah, goddamn ridiculous. Eventually, Sylvia was forbidden to go to school. You would think they would want her out of the house as much as possible. Yeah. They clearly can't stand the girl for no reason other yeah. than she's prettier than anyone in their family. Oh, so sorry. Right. That's not my fault either. Sylvia was also, she was self-conscious about herself. She was very pretty, but she had lost a front tooth, a, a, like an adult front tooth. So she, whenever From, she like would, these beatings before that, uh, but she just she was very subconscious, self conscious about it. She wouldn't smile with her teeth, okay. you know, all that kind of stuff. So she was kind of a meek, a meeker person, uh, which makes it even not even yeah. worse. But like that makes it even worse. It's not even like she's out there being like, "Look at me, I'm so great," right. and like right. you know, <laughs> she was already kind of a diminished person before this, right? And your parents dipped and, and left yeah. you to go. So I mean, carnies. what's your what's your I don't understand picking on people that are already sort of like weak personality. I mean, I guess that's the whole point that's, of it, but right. that's the whole thing. it just makes me so angry. Sylvia and Jenny were both fearful of notifying either family members or adults at their school of the increasing incidents of abuse and neglect they were enduring, as both were afraid that doing so would only worsen their situation. No, maybe it'll get you out of the situation. They're seeing other people come in and nothing being done about yeah, but it. But these are stupid kids. There's not other adults coming in. Don't, Michael. Don't tell me. Adults come in, too, and join in on this. Kids, I can see, they think, oh, I can do this and get away with it. Because Gertrude over here is a looney tune. So, but you're not going to tell me she's got, like, adult friends coming in? No. No. Okay. Not, not exactly. So, maybe. Uh... Jenny was threatened with the abuse Sylvia was suffering, if she ever told anybody. 
So Jenny's getting it. She's not having a great time. Right. But if she ever told anybody, she was told that whatever Sylvia was going through, she was going to as well. This poor girl is going to start joining in so that she doesn't get beat either. Hold Jenny in the back of your head as this continues. If they ever got a break from the carnival, Betty and Lester would come back to Indiana to visit their kids. The last time they went to see Sylvia and Jenny was October 5th of 1965. Neither girl said anything about their mistreatment to their parents, most likely because Gertrude and the rest of the kids were always in the room with them. I would have stood up on the kitchen table and announced it to my parents. After the Lycans left that final time, Gertrude taunted Sylvia, quote, What are you going to do now, Sylvia? Now they're gone. I'm going to stab you in your sleep, Gertrude. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Like... I'm going to drug you so that you fall asleep, and then I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of you. Another mischance for rescue came when the father of a neighborhood boy phoned the high school to anonymously report that a girl with open sores across her entire body was living at the Banaszewski house. Since Sylvia had not attended school... And nobody did shit about it. Since Sylvia had not attended school for several days, a school nurse visited the house to investigate the claims. Gertrude responded to the nurse that Sylvia had run away from her home the previous week and that she was unaware of her actual Don't whereabouts. tell me she came... Oh, man, when she came back, she had all these sores. Adding that she was, quote, out of control and that her open sores were a result of her refusal to maintain decent personal hygiene. Now, you... <laughs> and this nurse, this medical professional, this reporter... You, you you have to report. Yeah. Just went, yeah. sounds legit. Gertrude further claimed that Sylvia was a bad influence on both her own children and Jenny. Then get her out of the house then. The school made no further investigations concerning true. Sylvia's welfare. Yeah, of course they didn't. Of course they did not. And if that was the case, then put her in a home. Yeah. Call her parents and tell her to come get this wayward child that's clearly causing all these problems. Why the grandparents would only take the boys, I don't understand. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Here's some more. Gertrude's next-door neighbors were a middle-aged couple named Raymond and Phyllis Vermillion. They don't hear these beatings taking place? Both initially saw Gertrude as an ideal caregiver for the Lycan sisters, and both had visited the Banaszewski residence on two occasions while the girls had been living there. On both occasions, however, the Vermillions witnessed Paula physically abusing Sylvia, so the oldest daughter. Okay. Who had a black eye both times. Seeing her both times, two separate occasions, she had black eyes both times, and they witnessed live and in person beatings by Paula. And... Paula openly boasted about what she was doing to Sylvia, to both neighbors. Like, hey, what's up, neighbors? I'm beating the shit out of this uh, this girl who's a ward of my mother's for now. And we just, I, whenever I get frustrated, because, you know, hormones, I'm pregnant, I beat the shit out of this girl. During another, and they're like, yeah, cool, sounds great. During another visit to the Beneshevsky household, the Vermillions both observed Sylvia to appear extremely meek and somewhat, quote, zombified in nature. Nevertheless, they never reported the very evident mistreatment what to the, the authorities. F- what is going on with adults? Yeah. Like you're seeing an almost adult, she's 17, beating up another almost adult who's 16. 
that doesn't give you pause to be like, hey, what's going on here? Let's There's no get plausible somebody. deniability yeah. where like you saw her, she had a black eye, and they could be like, oh, she fell off her bike. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it happen, so how could I? Right. But you're there. Yeah. You're there. And it was on two separate incidences, not close together. Like the you're black eye shouldn't have been there. You know what that means? You're also responsible yes. now, in my opinion. Should have been. As the final punishment for starting the rumor about Stephanie and Paula, Sylvia was ordered to strip naked as Gertrude shouted at her, quote, you have branded my daughters. Now I'm going to brand you. Branded your daughters? Yo, 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 Your daughter is the pregnant one, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, let's, she, let's, let's Sherry Papini and Brander. Let's do that. She took, she took the words literally. She began carving the words in all caps, I'm a prostitute and proud of it. Carving it. Onto Sylvia's stomach with a heated needle. Come, come the fuck on. Gertrude couldn't finish. Well, she, well, got, she, she got tuckered she out. She got tired. And ordered one of the boys from the neighborhood to finish. No, no, no. So I'll take this opportunity. There's a well, significant... Her carpal tunnel kicked yeah. in. She needed to hit the inhaler the a little bit. The smoke from the burning flesh yeah. bothered her asthma. her asthma. Yeah. I'll stop at this point in the story. There's a significant amount left and say that I am leaving out a significant portion of the super gruesome details about what was done to her. Mm-hmm. She was beaten with curtain rods so severely that the rods were bent into 90 degree angles. Oh, fun. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. There's yeah. a lot, even with this branding. Yeah. Once the boy took over, yeah, that it exceeded certain levels, but it's it's gratuitous. Certain it's, levels. There's it, it just it rises. You tell me he was branding other. Well, he was things. using. He started using other implements on her other parts of the body. Not genitalia. Okay. But up towards her breasts Who? and different thing. Like it. It's it. It's real bad. It's real bad. What happened to this girl? Worse than even what I'm telling you. That night, Sylvia said to her sister, quote, this is going to, this is terrible. Okay. Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. Oh, no, baby. The following day, Gertrude. fucking cops. Yeah. Don't call CPS. They don't give a shit. (laughs) Correct. They've probably been like, eh, it's fine. No, she's she's a wild child. Just happens. You had to keep her in line. What about this? I would have said, what about this? And I would have ripped my shirt off yeah. and said, look what they did. They burned this into my skin. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? The following day, Gertrude woke Sylvia up, then forced her to write as she dictated a letter. The content of this letter was intended to frame a group of anonymous local boys for extensively abusing and mutilating Sylvia after she had initially agreed to have sex with them before they inflicted the extreme abuse and torture. Oh, yeah, okay. She just agreed to a gangbang. She's probably a virgin, first of all. Yeah. She's agreed to a gangbang. Yeah. And then, and then the they boys just all wild just out. Yeah. Do this because they're all hopped up on the fucking Mountain Dew. Right. Yeah. Okay, lady. After she finished Please the letter. Please tell me this lady is dead. Yes. Please tell me she's fucking dead. After she finished the letter, Gertrude finished formulating her plan to have her son, John Jr., who was... Is he like 14? Is he like the 15? Half of the 15? 12. 12. He's 12. 12. Oh my God. And Jenny blindfold Sylvia. Should then, the sister do it? Then take her to a nearby wooded area known as Jimmy's Forest and leave her there to die. 
they just took her and left her to the forest. The sister took her, left her to the forest. That's it. Well, no. Because the morning of October 25th, Sylvia overheard Gertrude and John discussing the plan and attempted to escape. Can you imagine roping a 12-year-old into this? Dude, when I was 12, I was playing manhunt in, like, my neighborhood. Yeah. Me too. Like, (laughs) I wasn't fucking taking part in, like, group beatings of local children. Well, Sylvia heard the plan and tried to escape. Because she was so weak, she was caught before she even got off the property and was locked in the basement. come on. They locked her in the basement after that. That night, Sylvia desperately attempted to alert neighbors by screaming for help and hitting the walls of the basement with a spade. One neighbor would later tell police she had heard the noises and figured out where they were coming from. But I did nothing about it. But... As the noise had suddenly stopped at approximately 3 a.m., she decided not to inform police about 3 it. 3 a.m., bro! Yeah, right. This was probably going on from fucking like 7 p.m. Yeah. To 3 a.m. Yeah. Someone's tapping in the basement next door. You can clearly hear it. Shouting help. And you just go, mm. Oh, it stopped. Oh, thank God it stopped. Now I can someone, get my beauty yeah. rest. Someone must have helped. No. Come on. Who are these fucking neighbors? This is what... Well, it stopped. Why I keep to myself. Yeah. Well, the noise stopped because Sylvia was at the end, unfortunately. She could no longer control her movements, and she couldn't speak intelligibly. No. She couldn't eat. Her teeth were becoming loose. And Jenny was sent away to the neighbors to do some chores. It's not the same neighbors that heard the tapping, I hope. I don't know where exactly they sent her, but they sent her away to do some chores so she could earn some money, which I'm sure Gertrude was going to let her keep. Oh, yeah. Of course she was going to take it. Yeah. John... 12-year-old, sprayed Sylvia with a hose to try and clean her up. Okay. And this left puddles on the basement stairs. She tried to escape again, but was once again unsuccessful. Soon after, one of the boys from the neighborhood that routinely participated in the torture, Richard Hobbs, came to the house and went straight for the basement. He just walked in. Yeah. Just went right for the... He knows where she is. right right to to the the basement. basement. He slipped down the basement stairs and saw Stephanie cradling Sylvia's battered body. The two kids decided to give Sylvia a warm bath, not a scalding hot one like she usually had to endure, dress her new clothes, and then laid her on a mattress in one of the upstairs bedrooms. For what purpose? To give her a nice send-off? Like what? I think they were trying in their way to save her. You took part in getting yeah. her to, to be at this level of depravity. She's about to die. Yeah. Don't this... give her a fucking bath now. Oh, Michael. Um, that's it. You've done it. Well. That's it. This is this is worse. No, you. Uh... The last thing that Sylvia said was that she wished, quote, daddy was here. Come on. Well, your fucking dad's not going to do shit about it, honey, because he's just off traipsing around being a carny. So, I mean, what is he doing about it? Stephanie then noticed that Sylvia wasn't breathing anymore and attempted mouth-to-mouth to to revive her. I don't buy it. I I, No, they fucking didn't. No, they did not. Gertrude insisted to Stephanie and the other kids in the house that Sylvia was faking it. She wasn't, and she died from her injuries at the age of 16. Come on, man. When it became clear that Sylvia really was deceased, Gertrude ordered Richard Hobbs to call the police from a payphone down the street. And say what? When police arrived, Gertrude led them to the body and immediately presented the note she had Sylvia write, accusing the random group of boys. She claimed... <laughs> what did she have time to write that? She could barely lift her head. She's writing notes. She claimed she had been trying to nurse Sylvia for the past hour, but was obviously unsuccessful. 
She added that Sylvia had run away earlier that morning with several teenage boys before returning to her house earlier that afternoon, bare-breasted and clutching the note. No. No. So she flees this Nobody's wild pack. buying this. She flees this wild pack of group rapists, half naked. She's just running down the street with her boobies out. Yeah. No one saw this in the entire neighborhood. No one saw this poor, frightened, frail, emaciated, beaten to a pulp, topless young girl. Running for her life. And she also stopped Clutching somewhere. a note. Well, she stopped somewhere to she write She somehow grabbed a paper yeah. and a pencil from right. somewhere before yeah. she skated right. this sex party. Yeah. Jotted down this note. Yeah. And ran through the neighborhood to safety, quote, air right. quotes, Michael. Yeah. Safety. Right. To Gertrude's house. Didn't this don't think it happened that way. The <laughs> biggest bunch of you know what. As previously instructed by Gertrude, Jenny Likens recited the rehearsed versions of events leading to her sister's death to police. No, Jennifer. You go into the next room with a police officer and you tell them the goddamn truth. However, before they left, she whispered to the officers, Yes! You get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Yes, Jennifer! The formal statement provided by Jenny Likens prompted officers to arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Jr. Banaszewski on suspicion of Sylvia's murder. Uh, And also these group of kids. Hold on. (laughs) Within hours of the discovery of the body. The same day, Coy Hubbard and Dickie Hobbs were also arrested and charged with the same offenses. Yeah, good old Dick Hobbs. Yeah. The three eldest Banaszewski children, plus Coy Hubbard, were placed in the custody of a nearby juvenile detention center. Don't you dare tell me. And all they did was get like three months in juvie and then they all fucking went free after they literally took part in the torture and murder of this young woman. The younger Banaszewski children and Dickie Hobbs were detained at the Indianapolis Children's Guardian's home. All were held without bail pending trial. Even the kids. Initially... Who took care of the little tiny small kids? Where'd they go? She's got like an 18-month-old and uh, like a a 4-year-old, 8-year-old. They either had to track down uh, Dennis Wright so he would take care of baby Dennis. And be like, take your freaking kids. Yeah, or they were sent to the Indianapolis cop Yeah, who was the dad of the the rest of them. So if they weren't arrested, I'm sure they went to the I mean, the little ones can't be held responsible. I mean, they're babies. Initially, Gertrude denied any involvement in Sylvia's death, although by October 25th. Okay, honey, okay. October 25th, which was only two days later. Yeah. She had confessed to having known, quote, the kids, particularly her daughter Paula and Coy Hubbard, had physically and emotionally abused Sylvia. She's throwing her own daughter. She threw her pregnant teenage daughter under the bus to save herself, this degenerate. Quote from Gertrude. Paula did most of the damage. Coy Hubbard did a lot of the beating. And you, ma'am? You did what, ma'am? And you did nothing, madam? You sat there and watched. Lacking any remorse, Paula signed a statement admitting to having repeatedly beaten Sylvia, and John Jr. admitted to having spanked Sylvia on one occasion, adding that, quote, most of the time I used my fists. You don't spank someone with your fists. Well, he's saying that he only he only spanked her once. Any other time, he would have just punched her. Oh, <laughs> he, then, Like, that then, makes it better. Oh, then fine, then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, young gent, allow me. Let me get the door for you. You're free to go. <laughs> What are you talking about? Five other neighborhood children who had participated in the abuse had also been arrested by October 29th. All were charged with causing injury, and each was subsequently released into the custody of their parents under subpoena to appear as witnesses at the upcoming trial. 
Sylvia's official cause of death was revealed to be brain swelling, internal hemorrhaging of the brain, and oh, shock no. induced by Sylvia's extensive skin damage. Oh my god. She also suffered from extreme malnutrition. Yeah. At trial, Gertrude entered pleas of not guilty and not guilty by reason of insanity. No. She had been given a psyche eval and was deemed Get competent to stand trial. My fa- okay. I was like, don't even try me. Do not try me. During closing arguments, one of Gertrude's lawyers said this. I condemn her for being a murderess. That's what I do. But I say she's not responsible because she's not all here. No. He tapped his head to indicate no. that she was, quote, crazy. No. Then he continued. If this woman is sane, put her in the electric chair. She committed acts of degradation that you wouldn't commit on a dog. She has to be crazy or she wouldn't have permitted that. You'll have to live with your conscience the rest of your life if you send an insane woman to the electric chair. Excuse me. No. First of all, your entire statement is contradictory, sir. Let's get our fucking P's and Q's in order because everything that's coming out of your mouth is shit. (laughs) Oh, she's crazy, but she's not crazy. If she's not crazy, give her the electric chair. But she's crazy because how could she allow that? But you know what? If somebody came in and beat the shit out of her kids, I guarantee you she wouldn't have allowed it, which means she's not crazy. Right. So get away from me with this nonsense and chop this lady's head off. End of. On May 19th, 1966, a jury found Beneshevsky guilty of first-degree murder, while Paula was found guilty of second-degree murder. Okay. John, Richard Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard were convicted of manslaughter. Manslaughter. Has to be. Okay. Yep. Gertrude and Paula were sentenced to life in prison, and the boys were sentenced to 2 to 21 years. 2 to 21? Yeah. That's quite a stretch, Mike. Two years? Can you imagine? Two years while they're out in six months? Good behavior? Some bullshit? In 1971, five years later, the Indiana Supreme Court granted Gertrude and Paula both new trials due to a, quote, prejudicial atmosphere at the original trials. Prejudicial? You tortured and beat a girl to death. I don't care where you move the trial to. You're going to jail. Well, no. Gertrude was again convicted of first degree murder. Okay. This time, Paula pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter instead of first degree murder and served about two years in prison. The three boys were released on parole for good behavior in 1968 after serving about two years each of their sentences. <laughs> in December 1985, Gertrude was released on parole. Why, though? Why am I screaming at you like you let her out? Why, though? She changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen and moved to Iowa. Van, fuck yourself. How about that? She moved to Iowa where she lived the rest of her life until dying from lung cancer in 1990. That's not, no. That's not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Paula got married and moved to a farm in Iowa. John became a lay minister in Texas. No, you do not. And counseled no. and counseled children no. of divorced parents. Fuck off. Hobbs, good old Dicky Hobbs. Listen, I'm right. What's this dude's name? Uh, John Benishevsky. Because I'm looking him up and I'm going to write him a letter and tell him what a fucking piece of shit he is and to stay away from kids. It's almost like. You made that his job. Like, it's... I got a... Oh, God. I got a fucking job. I got a job to do. <laughs> uh, good old Dickie Hobbs died of cancer at the age of 21, four years after being released from the... 21 died of cancer? Yeah. Oh, sucks to suck, huh, yeah. Dick? 
So he was... Sucks to suck, dick. Four years. Four years after he was released. Coy Hubbard has had several brushes with the law. He's kind of a career piece of shit. Well, he's got that stupid name. Lester and Betty Likens divorced. (laughs) Betty remarried and died in 1998 at the age of 71. Did they take any responsibility for... They did not. ...not looking at their children, like... At all while they were visiting and realizing that they were slightly off maybe a little bit. Jenny died in 2004 at the age of 54. Why this happened is still a mystery. they're all dying young. Well, Jenny was the sister. Sylvia's Gen- sister. Well, poor Jennifer. Yeah. But at least yeah, there's she, these other people. She only made it to 54. Everybody else is out there living full lives. Yeah. Like to the end well, of the day. Well, she was already, but... she already had health problems though. Right. Why this happened is still a mystery to me, and the fact that this could have been stopped at so many points is obviously infuriating. The most frustrating part is that, for the most part, the perpetrators were able to live out the rest of their lives relatively normally. I'm going to literally, if you think I'm kidding, I'm going to look them all up on social media or whatever, find out where they work, and just send them fucking anonymous letters about what pieces of absolute garbage they are. That was the story for now. Until Joanne reopens the case. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the story of the murder of Sylvia Likens. You know what? Like, fuck these group of degenerate pieces of crap. Yeah. Like, hard. Stay away from Indiana is the general rule. I have a friend who grew up in Indiana. She doesn't obviously live there. She got the flip out of there as soon as possible. But, like, come on, dude. All for $20 a week. Like... They missed it. I mean, well, and then they got it. A week being the sixties. Yeah, it's not an insignificant amount of money. But even still, I don't care. Right. You could leave a kid here and say, "I'm going to pay you a thousand dollars a week to watch this kid," or "I'm going to pay you zero dollars a week <laughs> right. to watch this kid." Not in yeah. a million millennia. It's still a kid. Would I harm that child for any reason, even if their parents fucked off? And I never heard from them again. And now I'm stuck with this kid that I have to raise all over again and start my life anew. I mean, it's better for that kid if the parents could have had were in the position to fuck off. But who? These people live amongst us. They do. They are everywhere. So please look for them. Come on, dude. One time when I used to have the restaurant, okay, it was very early on. Like, early on. And this family of four came in. It was, like, the husband, the wife, a younger son, and, like, an, a little bit older daughter. The son was probably, like, six or eight. Mm-hmm. Like, around there. I couldn't tell because he was a little on the smaller side. The yeah. daughter was probably, like, five or something. And you could tell that she was the favorite she her hair was done she had these little bow barrettes and cute little clothes nice jacket la 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 this other poor kid came in looking like uh, homeless Mm -hmm. like shitty clothes emaciated and they ordered food but not for him like i just they ordered food for the three of them but not for him and i was torn only because I knew we had just opened up. Yeah. You clearly don't want bad publicity. Right. And I didn't know if my partners would be, like, on my side, but I honestly didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still don't give a shit. But I kept asking them, what about 
for your son. I would, and I didn't even talk to them. I talked to him. What about what are you gonna have, honey? And the dad, very aggressive, like of course. just gross, yeah. yucky vibe off this right. guy. He's not having anything. He's not hungry. Yeah, throwing his aggression around he's to make you hungry? uncomfortable to stop your questioning. Right. That's all I literally doing. went and got like a those little paper placemats, mm-hmm. and I wrote on it, "Are you okay?" in like big letters. Yeah. And I waited until the parents weren't looking and I kind of showed it to the kid and his poor little face, like he was so scared to say anything. And I know for a fact, these, these people were probably just starving him, beating him. And I just wanted to call the cops, but I knew that the cops would come and they would say, nothing nothing we can do about it because God forbid we intervene before this kid ends up dead. Right. And I, I, I mean that sat with me for like weeks. I felt so sick. And I was like, if these people ever come in again, in fact, the guy started yelling at the boy and I went up to the table and I said, if you don't stop yelling at this child, you can leave. And yeah. he got mad at me. You can't. And I said, I can do whatever I want. This yeah. is my restaurant. If you don't like it, get out. Right. Yeah. It's Which I don't know if that made it better or worse because they end up leaving after a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I made things better or worse, but I really just want to take that kid mm-hmm. away from them. But you, But you can't. So, it's, what do you do? But please, can everybody just open your fucking yeah. eyes? Just, just open your eyes. Yeah, it's just everybody's looking down all the time. Just you'd be amazed what you'd see if you just look up. Just look up for half a second. Yeah, you could you could literally save a life. But no, literally, literally save a life. So just pay attention. Well. I know this wasn't a fun one. Which, my heart is pounding yeah. out of my chest. I'm so as I was anxious and angry. As I was writing this up, I got about halfway through, and I seriously debated not. Yeah. Because it's just it's it's brutal. It's yeah. it's heartbreaking. It's not our normal thing. Yeah. But this is a story. It you know it's 60 years old at this point okay but you can't shy away from this stuff either because it happens every day it needs to be shared we're seeing more and more stuff like this the reason that these things were able to take place is because people would not talk about it right so that's why even though things are heinous horrendous the details are disgusting they make you sick yeah Deal with it. Yeah, if you you're want... going to hear about it. Yeah, if... that's the only way to bring about change. I'm sorry if you're uncomfortable. Yeah, if you do want to see the true extent, or not see, but read about the true extent of what Sylvia Likens was put through, the information is out there. Yeah, obviously cut for time and and just good taste in a lot of these situations. But what she had to endure, not in her short life, because for most of her 16 years. Sure, her family life was unstable. The parents couldn't really keep a job. Sometimes they were gone at the carnival. But they weren't doing that kind of stuff to her. It was a normal. It was a normal life. It was just those last. They were scraping by. Yeah, it was those last few months that were just abject (sighs) hell that nobody should have to go through. But there are also shouldn't have happened because there are kids in your town. People were aware of it. Yeah. So there's plenty. And you're not going to tell me that some of these kids that took part in it or that knew about it, because you know these little fucks oh, yeah. are going to school bragging about what oh, they did. Yeah. So how about the other kids that went home and said, hey, mom, Billy at school told me that he blah, blah, blah. Right. 
Can so I you're go? not going to tell me that that didn't also happen and they didn't also oh, even yeah. do anything? Yeah, I'm sure some of the kids asked their parents, like, hey, can I go over to the Banashevsky house? And they're house? like, they're hell no. You know, right. they like everybody knows what goes on in that house. Yeah, it was one of those things that... Come on. Not a secret. It couldn't have been. No, there's not a chance it was a secret. This girl's walking around with open wounds. Yeah. And you're going to say it's because she doesn't, like, shower or something. Yeah. Unless she's laying in a hospital bed and nobody's rotating her and, and it's a period of months. Right. That's not going to happen. Right. It doesn't just... I don't care how stinky you are. Right. And... Because I'm pretty stinky. <laughs> <laughs> schools do something about stinky kids. We, at, in 6th or 7th grade, they pulled everybody out of their classrooms. Yeah. So we had kind of two wings of 7th grade. You're either in the purple wing or the white wing. Yeah. And you would switch classrooms, but you didn't have to leave, like, your area of the school. Right. So they pulled all of us out into the hallway, no matter what class we were in. We all had to sit around in kind of a big circle in the hallway. They teach you about like hygiene and, and they smells and give told everybody us, little deodorants and stuff. They told us all to wear deodorant. They were not kind about it. Yeah. And everybody knew the kid they were talking about. Oh, no. Like it was probably very scarring for this see, kid. But I can uh, So they shouldn't have been. But they did something. Okay, but they could have worked it into health class and Absolutely. said, we're going to talk about hygiene and we're going to give everybody their own little care package of yeah. little soap, a little shampoo, a little conditioner, a little deodorant. Right. Little toothpaste, a little toothbrush. Right. You know? And everybody gets one so that we're not singling anybody out. That yeah. I can get behind. Yeah. Yes, I get behind that. But to do it in an aggressive yeah. manner where everybody knows it's one poor kid whose family probably can't even afford deodorant. Right. And then you're going to make them feel like that? That was most likely what was going on here. But the fact that they went to that extreme of a measure to basically feign care for right. this one kid. But Sylvia gets nothing. nothing. I mean, it was nothing. also the 60s. and Yeah. It was. I don't want to keep saying it was a different time. Blood it is blood. It was a different time. I'm sorry, but beating right. and torture of a child, yeah. it, it doesn't get any better or worse with whatever the time right. frame is. Let's, so, let's all try to make this time period a time period where they can't say, well, it was a different time. Let's make this the yeah, different time. Yeah, it should time. be a different time. Yeah. A time where everybody's vigilant right. and opens their mouth when they see yeah. something. Let's make this the time. Yeah, exactly right. Well... On that note, follow us. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. On segues. Follow us for all of our grandstanding. <laughs> but uh, you can follow us for pictures from the episodes and recommendations and all things like that on Twitter and Instagram. Well, who knows how much longer we'll stay on Twitter I'm, after I'm this I'm jumping happens. on Twitter. I don't give a shit yeah. about Twitter. I mean, Zuckerberg's not much better. But for now, Instagram is, is the place to be. So. Right at MIF Podcast Show. You can also email us in the in the Larry Page Osphere at uh, MAF Podcast Show at gmail.com because you know if you want to connect with anybody, three people are going to be in charge of it. So <laughs> for more grandstanding like that, follow us or email us there. Also sticking with the Google, we have the YouTube page as well, Murder Monks Friends Podcast. Follow us there. Mm-hmm. Until next week. I'm gonna have to take a what do they call those little pills that you put under your tongue for like high blood pressure and heart attacks? Mommy's little helpers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michael, no. Until next week, take care of each other. Yes. And goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.